0: One, two, three, four. You think you're acrony. Wait until you meet today's guest. It's Dave Rich. Here we go. The spoils of Akron, the spoils of Akron podcast.
1: So Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the spoils of Akron podcast. My name is Cody Stanley and I'm here with my co-host
0: Shane and
1: my other co-host Chris Miller and this is a podcast all about the art culture and eccentric residents of the rubber city. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 99. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, you're high energy today. Oh I don't know how that happened. Nice. Almost to triple digits, Cody. Triple digits, like Chris's age. Yes, I was waiting for <laughs> it. See, I teed it up for him this time. You did. You were I like, did. Yeah. He, he's so, a little under the weather, so I feel bad I know, for him. I yeah. these. I'm going to make this really easy I'm for to today. I trying to be over the top.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're overcompensating. It's working I for am. you. Well, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, well, so you might not be feeling well, but um, we have some good news today because we have a fabulous guest. Wow. That was that segue. It was terrible. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I have to think quickly. Okay. So today's guest is Dave Rich. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Thank, Hi, Thank you.
2: I'm gonna add my clapping. So yeah, that's a, yeah,
0: that's a good idea. So um, can you just give us a brief description about yourself and what you're into and what you do? That's Akronese, since that was my uh, intro for you.
2: I'm five <coughs> eleven, brown hair. Um, so I live. I don't know what, what.
0: What do you do? What do you do professionally? Let's okay. start there.
2: So I'm gonna take my headphones off because there's a delay. Uh-oh, I feel like oh, I'm...
0: awkward. It's yeah. a little bit,
2: yeah. Uh, there we go. Okay, so um, I work at the United Way of Summit County currently. Uh, I'm a nonprofit guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm their director of community health. Uh, I've also worked at the Better Women's Shelter. I've worked at One of a Kind Pet Rescue. I worked at Community Health Center, which is the agency that runs the, uh, the biggest methadone clinic here in Summit County. So I've bounced around all over the place over the right. last... You know, decade. The
0: consistency being nonprofit. Yes. So you're a nonprofit like groupie or. No, you may want to. Nonprofit. Look. The
2: definition of groupie is I don't know.
0: <laughs> that's not right. What's the right word that I'm looking for? A um, serial nonprofiter. Yes. 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 Okay. Nonprofit that's <laughs> booster. Serial. So well, that's great. Um, and also you're in a band. Speaking yes. of groupie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, tell us about your band.
2: Uh, we're called the Beyonders. Uh, two ERs at the end, and uh, we play instrumental music, which is not super popular, but uh, I shouldn't say it's not popular, but you don't really hear instrumental music like on the radio or anything, Right. although 91.3 does play Beyonders more than any other band I've been in, so somebody likes it there, thanks to whoever is playing it there, (laughs) Um, but yeah, we don't sing, we just play riffs and, uh, you know, kind of rip off old surf music and combine it with Megadeth riffs, and I Mm. (laughs) honestly, when we started it, I didn't know if anybody would actually want to listen to it, but
0: it's been a
2: pretty good response so far. It's It's, kind of shocking.
0: I think it's it's because we're in denial, and we want to think we're on the beach here. I like to hear that kind of music, because it's sort of escapist for me, you know? Yeah. It kind of brings me to a different place. Definitely. And how did you land on that style? Was that sort of a personal thing, or a collective of the styles that came together uh, the, band the
2: last so i was in a band called house guest for a long time and i just played guitar in that band and it was really fun to not sing <laughs> to mm-hmm. just play i'm not a great singer uh then i was in a band called the may company with um fellow acronites uh one uh, dave giffles who have you had him on your show before had get him in here. We, we
1: had him on a live one we did at Musica yeah. when it was during one of the Farm and Fleas. Yeah. So y- yes and oh, no, but right. not in, like, the table that, kind of format counts, here. counts, I think. He w- he'd be a great uh, return guest. So
2: I was in a band with him, uh, and we traded singing. And I liked singing for a while, and then I realized I just don't really have anything to say. Well, I okay, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Um, I just – I don't know. I like playing guitar a lot. It's, one of the, it's probably my favorite thing to do with my – I don't I, what I was about to say it sounded horrible <laughs> which was it was my we welcome so, yourself. all so, so it's my favorite thing to do and uh, and so I want to just focus on that and not sing because I simultaneously there's too much stuff going on in the world that I don't feel qualified to talk about other people are much better at writing lyrics than I am And so I just kind of bow out of that whole thing. Plus, once I got married and had a kid, like, what am I going to – I mean, I can either sing sappy love songs about how great having a three-year-old is, or I can sing songs about how frustrating having a three-year-old is. That's about it.
0: I would go and listen to that all day. Well, yeah. (laughs) And I can commiserate with that, but I know what you mean because um, what my sister in law, who does not have children, went to see a comedian that my husband and I like, and she's like, "Oh, he was really boring this time. He kept talking about kids and family." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, well, I would have liked that." Yeah, <laughs> I well, guess when I'm you're lame.
2: <laughs> when you're in your like early twenties and you don't, you know, you, your life experience might be. Slightly limited, you could just kind of focus on stuff that you care about from day to day. So, whether you're somebody called you back if they were supposed to, or things you see on TV, or you know, because I think when I was younger, the whole world revolved around me, right? So, if I was upset about girls or about, um, you know, not getting enough hours at work, those are things I thought were totally valid things to write songs about, which they are, uh, but not for me at this point, right? <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't feel good getting up, I have nothing to complain about. It's things are good for me. And that's really the only time I felt motivated to write lyrics was like when I was angry about something. Don't know why that is. It's but... true.
0: Or if someone breaks up with you, that's right. all the best songs are about breakups. Yeah. So yeah.
2: And so like, yeah, whenever something bad happened, I go, well, uh, at least I'll write a song about this. And then it gets to a point in life where you just go, uh, you know, I th- things are too big for me to wrap my brain around, so I'd rather just play riffs and be loud and not have to worry about anybody misinterpreting anything that I'm saying. Or, you know,
0: do you think you could tie a singer in with the type of music you do? I wonder how you would do that or.
2: Sure. I mean, hmm. yeah, I don't know.
0: It's an interesting challenge. It's
2: pretty busy. I'd have to, you know, because we're instrumental, I think we do a lot of things to keep. Um, if you're doing a traditional song structure that's like verses and choruses and middle parts, you have to, if you don't have singers, you've got to really focus on making it not boring, mm-hmm. you know, because if you have a singer and you're in a rock band, you can kind of lay back during the verses or, you know, um, make things a little simpler because the vocals are, are keeping somebody's attention. They have something to sing along with, or that's the thing that's carrying the hook. If you're instrumental and you're only a three piece, um, there's a lot of space to fill up there. And so you have to make the choice of like, what's interesting. What's, what makes us sound like we're overplaying and just showing off. Cause that's not good. But like, if you make things too streamlined and you're instrumental then there's nothing to really pay attention to, especially live music wise. And mm-hmm. so, um, but yeah, you could add a singer. You just have to kind of retool. I'd I'd have to not screw around so much on the guitar.
0: How did <laughs> you played a bit with Flacco? Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I love that idea. Rap and what what do you call it? Is it beach? Like what do you call yours? <laughs>
2: I just yeah. honestly for his stuff, I just take. Uh, we haven't written anything yet. I think we're going to um, well this fall. He keeps threatening, but uh, for for the we've played a couple shows together, and it's mostly just. Um, I've learned the samples that he uses in his songs and just transfer them to guitar or transfer them into, like, solo guitar. And we did one show where it was just me and him. We didn't use any drum machines or samples or anything, and I had a blast during that that set. That was one of those... um, It's that show that they're, like, pop-up is it so far sounds? so far yeah, yeah. so far sounds. Oh, cool. we did one of those where we where you show up and the audience doesn't know who they're gonna see that night they were just invited to a surprise show and so we did one of those and it was i had a blast because flaco had to do all the hard work which is be out in front of everybody and rapping and i just play guitar behind him which is really fun but um so yeah it's not really i don't necessarily have much of a style i think when i play with him i just copy what his songs do but um but yeah he's man he's crazy to watch work because I remember we played a show um, a couple weeks ago, and he gave me the set list, and I was like, "Oh, you've got to play!" I don't even remember what the song title was, but I was like, "You've got to play," blah blah blah. And he goes, "All right, hold on a second. I don't know if I know that." And he like closes his eyes, and you could see there was this like list of songs in front of his eyes, and he was like, uh, da, 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 da. "Okay, yeah, I can do that one." And I was like, "What? What did you just do?" <laughs> like, wow. like he was like using a mouse in his brain to like open
1: the file of the song and be like, "Oh yeah, I remember that one." Wow yeah he's quite a catalog i'm proud. i'm sure up there well, yeah. in, in in his mind and and so i've seen beyonders a few times and you guys are really good and Makes it's ex- it's not always easy to pull off a setup without a singer and, and without a really a front person but i'd say you're the front person even though you're not the lead singer because you're the lead guitarist it's a trio um you guys fill a lot of a lot of sound you know a lot of space uh with, with three musicians so yeah not every, not everyone can pull that off and it's Compelling, you know. It's very Thanks. energetic. Yeah, yeah, they're energetic. I love. Yeah, Shane that. was at the last time I, I, did. I saw them at Thursday's. I had so much fun. I went
0: to take pictures, and I, I got you know, you were like, you had some people up there that were like praising you from the front <laughs> row, and like throwing their wills at you. And, and then he lit slowly. his guitar on fire. <laughs> there was some good energy. Yeah. it
1: around his head. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. audience.
0: Do you have to stretch because you were kind of down on the floor most of the time? I'm too. usually I pretty. Impressed.
2: I'm usually pretty sore afterwards. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I I had a friend once tell me. He said, "You know, man, you're so, it's so you're, you guys because I have a lot of friends who play instruments." And he said, "You guys are so lucky that you know you get to play in bands and and you can play an instrument." And I'm like, "That what you're seeing? Yes, I do feel lucky that I that we can that my friends and I have that outlet for for our energy and our creativity." But like, that's basically due to the fact that I had no life from age 12 until, like, early 20s. Like, that's purely boredom. You were seeing thousands of hours of sitting in front of the TV watching, like, Conan O'Brien and just practicing scales because everybody else was out right. partying in high school, and I was like,
1: you know, didn't want to leave my house. So. It's paying off, you know? And, and yeah, I don't think people realize that. All the work that goes into being a musician or any, or any kind of artist, really, they think – you just have natural talent. You can pick it up and just play it perfectly. I mean, you know? some people do.
2: I think, I think people. We, you all know people who like you'll see somebody who can just draw, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people. Or you know, I have friends who could just cartoon from the from like third grade. They just they could draw a picture that was like that had perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. And I never,
2: <laughs> I can't draw. I never, I tried and I never got any better. And some people, I think, or like somebody like Eddie Van Halen who. Can only play guitar one way, but it always sounds like him. Like, that dude's a genius, and I think he had some kind of innate, you know, and I know people who seem to, they can play every instrument, and it always sounds like them playing it no matter what it is. Uh, I don't think I was born with any innate musical talent. I think it was just because I wanted to, you know, copy Weezer when I was in eighth grade, and so I just beat it into my hands until I could do it, but Yeah. I like Weezer. I liked me, me Weezer. Oh, yeah. well, you don't like Weezer anymore? Uh, Weezer's out. It's I mean, too much
0: of a good thing. Just those first two records are great, but I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm really tempted to sing it, but I won't. Okay, so, but I actually feel the same way about myself as a photographer. That there are people that sort of started doing it and was really good right away, and for me, I'm like I've been doing this since I was 13. I'm 41 years old and now feel confident in what I do, but. Um, I I guess sometimes the argument can be that if you have to, if you're really um, consciously putting in all that effort, then you can end up even being better than those people that just initially are naturally good at it because you are trying like consistently so hard to master, you know.
2: I think whether you're, whether you have innate talent or you are just a hard worker, I think you just have to leave your, you just have to constantly be observing. As soon as you think you figured it out, you're going to be boring. So I think That's true. if you're yeah. whether or not it comes really easily to you or it comes really difficult to you, um, the minute you start going, yeah, I'm pretty good, I think yeah. it's probably it's okay to think like on a certain day, like yeah, that was I did pretty well, but I think overall you should be always you should, I, I always I only listen to music usually where. People do things that I wish I could do, and that's not just like playing fast or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. it might be the slowest music in the world, but it's something that I can't, that I wouldn't have done, or can't think of doing, and that's interesting yeah. to me. Good
0: artists have a consistent level of self-loathing that we return oh, yeah. to generally. Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> a nice healthy dose of
0: right. I'm unending so good. I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm, so good. Right. I'm so bad. Yeah, so so we
1: know that Weezer is one of your influences or early Weezer. What else? What else encouraged you as a young man to? I think just constant anxiety. Artist. <laughs> okay. Um,
0: it was like the fidget spinner. of Seriously, of your <laughs> honestly, it,
2: I, you know, uh, when I was in eighth grade, I, I asked my parents for a weight bench for Christmas and then a bunch of kids got guitars leading up to Christmas and I was like, I don't mind, I want a guitar. And my, I remember my dad was like, all right, look, we can't get you both. So do you want a weight bench or do you want a guitar? And I was like, uh, I guess a guitar. And, like, what would my life be now if I would have gotten a weight bench? <laughs> you, like, you'd be here in, like, a, a muscle shirt. Yeah, yeah no. he's so Probably, <laughs> yeah. If, 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 Pounding if I, on the table. If, if I applied the hours that I did a guitar to the weight bench, I would be ripped. <laughs> Um,
0: that just, just seems really odd Like I this Ripped to be like a Ritch. pro wrestler or something um, He'd <laughs> like change Ed? his
1: name to Dave Ripped Yeah <laughs> Good be like one. Deadlifting We'd be person. counting
0: your abs right now yeah.
2: <laughs> They're really easy to count right now There's one <laughs> um, So so yeah I mean at the time when I first started playing I, was, I loved Weezer And I loved Tom Petty he was like, Tom Petty's the great whenever I've given lessons to people, he's the one I always go to because his songs are only like three chords, but they're just like you can you could play for for a hundred years and his songs are so simple, but mm-hmm. that's what makes them so great. You could anybody who has owned a guitar for three days can play a Tom Petty song. But it would I mean to be able to write a song that good, th- right. I mean, it's crazy. So yeah, playing well is one thing, but then applying that to writing something is, is totally different, but yeah. So Tom Petty and his, he has a guitar player named Mike Campbell, who I loved. Um, I'm trying to think I, Nirvana was a big one early on for me. I was obsessed with them. All the grunge stuff. Unfortunately, that was, that's what was popular when I first playing, started playing guitar, which is like 95 or 96. And, uh, and that stuff, I don't, hasn't really aged very well for me. Weezer has like pop stuff has Mm -hmm. the stuff that's really angry. I'll bust it out once a year when I'm on the treadmill or whatever, but...
0: Do you sing karaoke?
2: <laughs> yes, I sometimes. <laughs> can
0: we go sing Weezer karaoke yeah. together? Yeah, <laughs> I will do
2: that. Is there a karaoke booth at Porch Rocker this year? We
0: can no, do that? but you know what? That's a like super good yeah, idea. That is a good idea. I'm going to write that down. That is
1: <laughs> the, the, the karaoke porch. Yeah. Oh. Oh, they I, do that. Totally it. I would totally DJ yeah. that porch. Oh
0: my gosh! Okay, writing down porch rocker Swirl the background karaoke? <laughs> yeah.
1: okay. Even better. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah
0: I really like my that. My go-to's
2: are <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, Brian Adams for karaoke. Summer of '69 is a is nice. one I keep in my back pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else I listen to. Yeah, a lot of angry stuff, and then. <laughs> And Because, you know, I was like, I was 12, 13, and puberty hits, and then you're just mad about mm-hmm. everything. And then right. you're mad about being mad. That's and your uh, job. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, metal and Metallica and all the bands that testosterone-crazed I, teenage boys I sing Guns
0: N' Roses. Yeah. That's my karaoke There's song. There's one. Yeah, it's a good one.
2: And then uh, once I got, kind of started getting, when I was like a senior in high school, I got a job at a record store, and luckily, even though it was a totally lame mall record store my boss was cool and so he introduced me to lots and lots of music that i would have never listened to otherwise so when i started working at this record store um i was listening to like metallica and helmet and tool and all these kind of angry bands and then he by the time after like eight months there i was listening to the replacements and guided by voices and um matthew sweet and like all these kind of pop rock bands that that he he was I, i still know him i'm facebook friends with him um and he's a couple years older than me, but, like, he he took the stuff that I liked and, like, molded my... <laughs> I always tell him, like, he had the most impact on me as far as what Because that totally molded all the music I was going to play for the rest of my 20s is all the stuff I started listening to in high school, so... Um, That's
0: so. kind of a big deal. You know, as I've gotten older, I don't have time to keep track of what's new and good, and I wish someone would just give me a list. Like, I need the <laughs> cliff notes. And I also need to know what opera... I would like to listen to opera, so someone can make that happen.
2: Okay. Yeah, well, a lot, of, a lot of people... Well, if they have cool taste in music early on, it's because they have older brothers or sisters who, That's true. you know, give them stuff. I don't have, I have two younger brothers. And so, um, he was sort of like the older brother who was like, oh, if you like that, you should listen to these 10 records. And you know, when you're 17, you, ha- well, I had time cause I had no life as we established. Right. So like I would, <laughs> you know, uh, kids would be partying on Friday night and I'd be like, oh, I got to go home and listen to all these Led Zeppelin records or whatever.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't I was the oldest sibling and I didn't have a cool older brother or sister to turn me on to music. So I listened to really crappy music until I started working in high school at WAPS as a DJ um, and then I was exposed to all kinds of cool, like alternative music and the replacements, as you mentioned, and just some really good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is this is what music is. Yeah, yeah.
0: my mom had an ABBA record and a Whitney Houston record. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we listened cool. to those a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think
2: my, my mom was into Vanessa Williams, and uh, I think she had a she, yeah, she had Billy Joel's. River of Dreams record, which is a good song, which I just YouTubed that song the other night, and it's really good. (laughs) It's so good. Um,
0: There are worse things, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: And then I think in my, like, all through my 20s, I had kind of, I was very snobby about, like, you know, I like this stuff, and I don't like this stuff, or, you know, and then now that I'm 36, and I I don't really care about what people think of me so much, I pretty much like everything.
0: So wait, let me ask you a question. Is there something that, like, you're almost embarrassed, but you like... Oh,
2: uh, there's so much stuff.
0: What? Tell me one. Uh, You like Taylor Swift.
2: I love... I do. I like Taylor Swift a lot. (laughs) Yes, I knew it! I think that 1984 record is fantastic. Is it 1984 or is that Van Halen? 1989. Yeah. 1984 is Van Halen. Sorry. Same thing. Same thing. that record rules. um, Her red record rules, too. Um, Yeah, she's super talented. I I mean, 1989 sounds... That record sounds awesome. Like, I... That that's what a million dollars sounds like. It's just like literally, perfectly. Right, right. Everything is perfect on that record. Yeah. it's like Thriller. Like mm-hmm. there is nothing out of place. It's right. amazing. Uh, I love Disney music. Um,
0: Yay! I was
2: listening to it on Spotify today. Um, Which song? I mean, all of it. Just around the riverbed. Yeah, bare Necessities. Nice, yeah. uh, You know? <laughs> yeah. um, they I've are been, good. I've been working on a Disney guitar record for, like, two years, and I, I'm back working on it now. It probably won't be out for another year or so. But, this is um, fascinating. What does that mean? Really? What, is, what does yeah. that mean? So, it's Disney songs that are played on guitar. It'll probably have other instruments on it, too, but... Uh, so I, I've got like ten songs that I picked, and I'm trying to do instrumental versions of them. Oh, so. can I,
0: can I sing as a princess on one?
2: Sure. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> But I'm not, I can don't Goody have to be a
1: princess on one too.
0: <laughs> I'll dress like a mermaid. Yeah. yeah.
1: We could do, we could do
2: a you. special, we could do a special song for you guys. Oh, so,
1: that would be so nice. So do you, do you <laughs> play <laughs> other instruments too? I'm sure you can probably play bass if given yeah, one.
2: Um, I used to, I played drums in when I first started, or started, when I first joined Houseguest, I was their drummer and then I moved to guitar because I was on, I played this drum kit that I got again for Christmas one year but it was a pretty cheap drum set. And so I played it until it literally fell apart. Like we would take it to gigs and I would come back and would have either broke something on it or something would fall off of it or I'd just lose it. And so it's like after like six shows, it went from being a five-piece kit to like a three-piece kit. And then one of the cymbals disappeared. And pretty soon I switched to guitar because we didn't have enough money to buy another drum set. So it was cheaper for me because I already had a guitar and an amp to switch to guitar and find another drummer. (laughs) There you uh,
0: go. It's amazing how these things transform your life, you know?
2: Uh, I played keyboard in an alternative country band for a couple years. Hmm. They're a band out of Cleveland called Good Morning Valentine. I played with them for a few years. Uh, I played like... He had I had like two keyboards on top of each other, which made it look like I knew what I was doing, but I didn't,
0: I didn't <laughs> because one really. of your hands was hidden. Yeah, I really was Nailing not. This, yeah. I wasn't
2: very good. Like I could play his songs, the guy that wrote the songs. I could play them and I could countrify them up. But if somebody was like, "Take it, Dave," I'd be like,
1: like "Chopstick."
0: Yeah, bling, could bling, not K- Kitten
2: on bling, the bling, keys. Bling, bling, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I could totally fake it. And then people, because we would play we played a lot. We played like every weekend and. I had people come up to me and they'd be like hey will you play on my I'm, I'm recording this weekend will you come play keyboards and i'm like i don't think you understand i'm not a keyboard player like i can't come in like a session musician and be like like to, like add anything like i have to like you give me the four chords there and i'll work on it for three days and then be able to do it but yeah it, it was i was kind of faking that but
0: you might just want to sing it because that was pretty good you got, <laughs> yeah blink <laughs> no, even better I, yeah. just loop it it's cool yeah <laughs> just
1: cut blueprint it's fine
0: Oh my goodness! So well. Okay. So
1: you'll you'll be playing at Port Tracker. You guys will yeah. be playing at Port Tracker. What what time? And we're playing what at five o'clock. Stage. Does this air before Port Tracker happens? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll have it Tuesday morning. Okay. Awesome. Tomorrow morning.
2: Um. So. Oh well, yeah, we're playing at five o'clock uh, on the Earthquaker Devices stage, which is awesome. They asked us to play. They sponsored a stage, which means they get to pick their own bands, and I was really happy, even though I'm friends with them. So it's kind of nepotism. Uh, <laughs> the fact that they shows us was nice do you so, use earthquake or pedals what yeah i do yeah yeah um i worked for them for a hot minute before they got before they blew way up like i was uh, a sales rep for them for a few months and then i i switched jobs and kind of lo- i was doing it uh on the side and it was awesome because it was some extra money uh, like i would get commission checks but uh i got a different job and then my wife got pregnant and it was like well I don't have time for that but yeah. I should have stayed to do it because i would probably making tons of money now <laughs> right, right. Right. Site, that was yeah. back when they employed like 12 people and now they employ 50 And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although at this point I mean I assume they probably do still have outside sales reps but I mean they're carried in like every major I mean they don't really need anybody out there you know drumming up business for them because they they are like the premier pedal makers at this point yeah so. it's right. a good place to be so yeah I, I do use some we shot a video in their studio a couple weeks ago it hasn't come out yet i thought they were going to put it out closer to Portracker, but i haven't heard yet um but yeah we did a song in their studio um using a bunch of their new pedals so that'll be i hope hopefully that comes out soon okay uh and then that'll be the, my last show for a few months because i have a kid coming september 15th and then i oh, wow. uh, hopefully will be back playing shows by december we'll see
0: so you'll have a three-year-old and a newborn. Mm-hmm. and
2: My wife has been very <laughs> kind to my music uh, addiction because I, when we got married, I was kind of like, look, I, I, the only thing I ask really, although of course there's plenty of things that she has to put up with, but <laughs>
0: the one thing
2: I'm going to worry about is I I, pro- I don't know if I'll always be in a band, but for right now I feel like I, I will be because that's my one, I mean, I'm not, like I said, I, I'm not really artsy as far as like I can't draw, <laughs> I can't mm-hmm. paint, I can't really do anything except play guitar. So... Um, I have to, like, whether it's a bad bar cover band or something like that, like, I'll keep going until I get tired of lifting my stuff, which it feels like it's fairly close these days because it <laughs> seems to get heavier every year. But,
0: um, right. Oh, yeah. That's no fun when the body, you know, starts talking back. Mine's doing that yeah. too. It's yeah. getting to the
2: point where I, we play a show and, like, we go pack up in the basement and I mm-hmm. think, uh, I don't right. know. Because amps are heavy.
0: Pedal boards are heavy,
2: guitars are heavy, and it's not getting any easier.
0: But. I have this this fantasy that like one day equipment will just sort of float around, <sighs> you know, <laughs> like, like yeah. and Harry I'll just Potter. think about where I want it, and my lights will like float to the yeah. proper location. And I, I want, but they have like a suitcase now that rolls next to you like a dog, <laughs> huh. and it senses how far away it is and wh- when it needs to stop. Oh. So it might not be that unrealistic, but we'll we'll probably be too old to, uh, to, yes, to read the. Self rolling amp
2: <laughs> that kind of travels on its yeah. own. Yeah, I've had a few shows where it felt like you know if we we got lucky and we played with like places that had stage hands and stuff and you know you get to see how the other how a real rock band lives and it's I mean look they 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 don't carry their stuff they have their own stresses so I don't mean to say they've got it made because I I know people who are in professional rock bands and it's stressful messes up your relationships and all that but like it's crazy to load your stuff in and have stage hands like actually tell you to stop carrying your stuff because that's their job and it's
1: awesome that's great (laughs) yeah it, you know, it's it's a good outlet, you know, it's uh, music like any other artistic form of expression is therapeutic for people, so even if you're not playing out anymore, I'm sure you'll still be sitting in your living room totally. strumming chords, and I know that's what music has served uh, for me is as an outlet and a chance to stay sane among, you know, an otherwise yep. not so sane world and culture and everything, so... Um, I, I wanted to also ask about your your professional life. I mean, you're you're pretty well known for your music, and a lot of people who know you probably as the guy in the band probably doesn't realize how much you do. You know, in the nonprofit world, and what what got you into or what what drew you to nonprofits as um, a career. Well, so when I was in that band house guest we.
2: I was probably too serious about that. I really pushed it hard and we would go out of town and, I, you know, all the time and uh, it was hard to tour in big bursts because nobody really knew who we were. So even though we had records out and you could you could technically find them, nobody knew that they were there to find. So we would go out and we'd play shows and a lot of times we ended up, we'd have to play Wednesday nights in Pittsburgh or, or, or Tuesday nights in Chicago and stuff like that. And in order to do that, you have to have jobs that are accommodating to that and that's usually not if you're lucky, maybe a nine to five job, but usually you end up working hourly customer service jobs and stuff where you Mm -hmm. can say, Hey, I'm going to be gone for two weeks, uh, three months from now. And they go, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so all of us in the band were kind of working jobs like that. And then eventually as bands normally do, you know, started to fall apart. We'd been together for like eight years and, um, it just kind of, stopped and i was 27 i think and i've been on a, i had a college degree in media production and i hadn't really done anything with it because i was working jobs that would fit my music schedule and kind of had to make a decision about what i was going to do and in the meantime in order to get extra money i i picked up a job at the humane society of summit county which Back then, this is their first location or their original location, which is on Quick Road. It was right, in an old the, barn. the old
1: barn, right? I I volunteered
2: there oh, cool. a while back. Yeah, it was so, great. Yeah, so I worked there for a summer, and it was it was the it was the most backbreaking. Mm-hmm. It was brutal. It was so hot that summer, and my job was every Monday morning for like six hours. I was in the cat room and I just cleaned forty cat cages, and then I'd come back on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and I would help. I'd come in at like three and we'd walk all the pit bulls and we'd clean out their cages and then put them back in for the night and then clean everything. It it was, it was brutal, but it was awesome because it was the first job I'd had that I actually felt sort of, I felt ownership over. Whereas, and this is no offense, I come from a family of people who work at for-profit places. So like God bless people who, who can, can do that. Um, But most of those jobs, I didn't really feel, you know, even if they paid okay or they they gave you insurance i just felt like well oh, you know i'm working in a warehouse today and it like right. it doesn't really make me feel they don't really care if i show up or not as long as these boxes get open right mm-hmm. and uh humane society it was it was different because it was if i didn't show up these dogs weren't going to get taken care of or or the people who work with me they don't have anybody else to just call in to to do this work and that was um it was sort of eye-opening, and so I wanted to figure out how you get from the person who is scooping poop to being the person who's, like, up in the office, right? right. And working on kind of higher-level stuff. And uh, I went back to school at Akron and got my uh, master's in public administration, which is, uh, you know, it was great. And, and honestly, I didn't really dig college the first time because I felt like it was high school that you had to pay for. Uh, but I loved math. grad degree because it was like every class even if it was sort of boring you know like fiscal analysis or something it was building towards the thing you decided that you wanted to do um which for some people maybe their their undergrad is that but for me it definitely wasn't um i think i just kind of went there because i was like well you're supposed to go to college so i was such a entitled brat when i was like 22 (laughs) (laughs) i was obnoxious i would beat the crap out of myself if i could go back in time um
0: your kids are gonna bring it back to (laughs) oh god yeah
2: i know and so um so while I was in school, I got a job at the Rape Crisis Center of Summit Medina of Counties, and I did that for a few years. And I also did a lot of work for Better Women's Shelter because they're they're together and under the same roof they were back then, too. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're separate entities, there's a lot of overlap. Um, so I'd help with their fundraisers and stuff. I did that for a while. I went back to animal rescue for about a year. Um at one-of-a-kind pet rescue, and then I left from there to go to the United Way of Summit County. I was a development person. I did that for a while. Left there to go to Community Health Center, which is an addiction treatment uh, agency. I've done, I did that for a little over two years, and then I just went back to United Way a, almost a month ago now.
1: So, and, and you're still working in addiction treatment yeah, so uh, at, realm? Yeah. At
2: Community Health Center, everything they do is, is – it's mental health, but the most of their focus is on addiction. And so and addiction, you can be addicted to anything. It's I mean, ninety percent of what they did was drug addiction and probably ninety percent of that was opiates currently. But I mean, you know, we would see people with gambling addictions or or, you know, addictions to certain kinds of food or certain things that aren't food, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I went from there to the United Way, who they were getting ready to roll out their their bolt goal initiative and, and one of their their fourth bolt goal first one is about third grade reading the second one is about um, college and career readiness and the third one is putting people through financial literacy courses and then they have this fourth one which is they want to uh, last year we had 2400 uh, ER visits due to opiate overd- well no, I shouldn't say opiate due to overdoses I'm guessing the, the majority of those are due to opiates and so they want to help lower those to a thousand seven years from now which is what it was before the current opiate Epidemic hit. So um, that's kind of what they brought me on to work on. And we'll be putting up our RFPs live on Thursday. Those go up in the afternoon. So agencies will be able to apply for funding and all the instructions will be on there. And um, hopefully we'll find some cool stuff to, to get involved with from there.
1: Sure. And, and that that is definitely one of the pain points of our community is um, we have a really high, as you guys know, really high number of of overdoses. And um, yeah, it's this, you know, the fentanyl being yeah. put into the heroin and, and people becoming addicted to the fentanyl too. And knowing it's, it might kill them, like how strong of an addiction that must be. It's, uh,
2: you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to present myself as any kind of an expert on addiction. I've just worked around it for the last couple of years. And, but I've I've met enough people who have gotten through it and are in recovery and have been in recovery for a while and the people that they are away from it, it are so different than the people they are when they're in the midst of their their active addiction and you know it it we're at a point right now where we're dealing with that crisis in real time so it you know unlike a lot of other initiatives unlike the you know third grade reading programs for a lot of these for a lot of community things you can go to other communities and say okay well what have you guys done in the past that that's worked what have we done to help get kids ready for college things like that and, and then try to kind of form that into our community and say how can we you know uh, take somebody else's third grade reading program and install it in some County and make it you know work for us with, with opiates and, and addiction in general there aren't really any answers yet there aren't we know what works for people but, you know, people who are addicted, we know the best chances for them for, for staying sober are, are in long-term recovery would be like medically assisted treatment and and therapy and counseling. But as far as dealing with the opiate epidemic, I mean, this community is dealing with it as well as any other community, which is, right. you know, I think some people see the numbers in the paper and they think, why isn't what we're doing now not, why is it not working? And I think that's kind of, I mean, it's natural to think that, but- the f- things we have in place are working it's just that it's such a massive problem that the numbers don't reflect
1: that and <clears throat> excuse me and you know uh to get on my little media soapbox here you know i i left corporate media to start you know help start the acronist and we did a free training program at the library and i feel like in situations like this we're we're getting such a, a stark and negative perspective of that issue that it feels help, uh, hopeless to people. And we need to celebrate more of the recovery stories and the, the good things that are happening. And I, you know, I, I fault local media and national media for helping to spread the panic rather than the, you know, some of the solutions. And, and so I think part of it is that
0: I well. agree
1: a hundred percent. Um, devil has been really good
2: with trying to get some positive stories True. out. Um, but you know, we know drugs are bad. We know addiction's bad. We know heroin is bad. We know painkillers are bad. Um, Focusing on how dangerous they are and focusing on people having been lost, I don't mean to minimize anybody's experiences, but, you know, we have to figure out how to help people in the midst of their addiction. And not everybody is ready for treatment when you get to them. And Mm so, you know, I think the questions that A lot of communities are going to ask themselves are what are we going to do to keep people safe until they're ready for treatment not just until there's enough treatment for them but until they're ready for it um you know we're i think this current painkiller and opiate and fentanyl epidemic is getting people to really have to they're really having to rethink how they feel about drugs how they feel about the way we treat people who are suffering from addiction and you know I'm a personal believer of the fact that I think addiction is a disease. I, I don't think when I first started at community health center, the first question I had for all the counselor for all the directors that work there was like, okay, how do you, how, why is it a disease?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, <clears throat> you can't choose to get cancer. I mean, I guess if you smoke cigarettes, you're taking a chance, but you know, you, you don't choose to get breast cancer. You don't choose to, you know, be born with whatever, you know, MS. So, How do we? If those are diseases, you know, what makes this a disease? And the way they explained to me was that it's 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 a mental illness, and it's it's uh, manifesting itself through self harm, just like if you're depressed, or just like if you're anxious and you're hurting yourself for for to as a coping mechanism. I mean, that's really what I have to remind myself: it's a mental illness. So,
0: and a lot of the people that do end up abusing drugs to that extent, where it can be very harmful already are like predisposed to depression and, totally. and mental yeah. illnesses also. So they're reaching out for a coping mechanism, which ultimately becomes more destructive, mm-hmm. but it just sort of. So
2: I recovery is so hard because it's not simply about getting somebody detoxed, you know, right. that gets them physically safe, but then the really hard stuff starts, which is figuring out what made you start in the first place. And, you know, the, what, my, my wife's a counselor uh, at community health center. And so she sees clients every day and you know, what they tell people is, you know, your first step recovery, why not your first step, but when you start getting back to your, to life, you've got to change your people, your places and your things. And I mean, imagine you, where you are right now, not being able to hang out with anybody you currently hang out with, not going to the places you currently go, um, and not doing the things that you currently do for fun, changing everything because all those things are triggers for relapsing. Um,
0: in the midst of being cut off from the thing that's giving you like personal satisfaction, yeah. to yeah, then right. further cut off everything else that gives you some sense of personal satisfaction, so. and,
2: and then to take into account, the, you know, the people who come in for treatment, who then, you know, let's say they get residential treatment, and they're in a safe space for ninety days, um, and they're they're living, in are they're, they're living in a routine, um, they're seeing a counselor all the time. Once they get out of there, if they don't have the resources to live somewhere that's safe if they're just going back to living with roommates who are still using or they go back to live with their fiance who's using in front of them i mean it's it's brutal that's why you have people who relapse over and over again is because they don't it's not that they don't want to get better it's that they just don't have the means to keep themselves safe when they get released so you know there are no easy answers it's it's every community has to figure out how how they're going to tackle it but um you know we have a huge infrastructure here. we summit county if you have a problem in Summit County, nine times out of ten, somebody's going to help you with it for free, or at least dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's not, you know, when I worked at the Rape Crisis Center, we were busy, super busy, but, you know, a lot of people didn't know that we existed, because, you know, you don't know that you need something like that until you have to Google it, and if you have to Google it, it's usually because, unfortunately, it's affected you somehow, um, and, opiates are sort of the opposite of that which is we're all talking about it there's no shortage I, I i will say that if i have to hear one more person say they want to start a conversation about addiction i'm gonna tear my ha- what little hair <laughs> i have left out of my head because we have had the conversation right for years now and you know the time for us talking about well i guess it's a problem that's kind of over so we know it's problems so we need to figure out you know what are we going to do that that keeps our our community safe and uh I don't have the answers for that, but I'm hoping that you know we get some interesting um, applications to to the bold goal the United Way's has has thrown themselves behind.
1: For sure, yeah. I mean, it's and we do have a wealth of providers, social service agencies. I mean, we've got a lot here. We do homelessness, Mm -hmm. addiction, you know, rape crisis, uh, you know, all kinds of. I mean, we I, I. and when I first started, you know, working here, I, m- I met a lot of homeless homeless people, especially working at the library too. And there are people who come from Cleveland who are homeless because it's better to be homeless in Akron because there right. are more places to eat and places to stay and um, more welcoming services. So that's
0: what I understand. We're uniquely equipped like much more so we in comparison. Are. So that says a lot, I think, for where people's values are.
1: Sure. And it, it's one of the things that makes Akron special, I think, and even our Summit County is we have a lot of partnerships. We've got a lot of coalitions, a lot of people, you know, working hard. Because um, to work in nonprofits, you, you, no one's going to really really get rich doing that. You know, it's no. it's something you really have to get behind uh, personally. And I, you know, I've worked in the corporate world and in the nonprofit world, and I have to admit it's it's much easier to go to work when you know you're not just feeding a giant faceless bottom line corporation you know you're not making someone particularly rich who probably doesn't deserve to be rich you know and it's, it's good to to know that your your energy is being spent for for something that's rewarding
0: Dave is rich but only by he's name. Ri-
1: only by yeah have you, have you <laughs> stood- this royalty checks might be rolling in <laughs> oh, right. over yeah. the years
0: have you stood next to the good rich towers yet like so, you know somebody
2: sent me a picture of them so I did have <laughs> right. them as my Facebook uh, profile picture yeah. for a while
0: because they've been knocked down if you don't know they've been knocked down to only read rich now mm-hmm. So <laughs> you should probably do a family photo there I, know, I, time. Real. <laughs> I
2: do think I think now is the right time to be looking at this stuff these questions Mm -hmm. Uh, you know not just addiction but but every social service because i mean i i've been in akron almost my whole life and you know just like probably a lot of you like when i started hanging out downtown you know in like 2000 1999 2000 there was nothing down there not not i mean I, i right not throwing shade at at prior public officials or anything but you know downtown and and the surrounding areas there's so much more going on i mean it's not by any our work is by no means finished we have a lot more to do and but i think that when you see all the work the mayor's office is putting into that when you see the the knight foundation support every year of awesome and interesting art projects every year and you know things that people either taking themselves upon themselves as projects or or you know
0: just all this different civic activities yeah. happening too. Yeah, all the projects. I can't even. I can't keep track of them all anymore. So that's. I think that's right. a great thing. Right. I <laughs> think I it's a
2: really great thing, and and that I think that going hand in hand with that is you know we can't forget that the, there are a lot of people here who can't who need a leg up, and I think now is a good time to reevaluate how we do that. Absolutely. Um, then, because there, there, we do have a lot of resources, but one of the problems with having a lot of resources is that it's hard to get all these resources to talk to each other. It's just normal, mm-hmm. um, and so I, th- I feel like the community akron community foundation united way a lot of these places are have been great conveners and are trying to at least you know how do we all get on the same page you know so that we're not all providing variations of the same six services across summit county
0: well i'd like to hear some of those success stories that you're talking about because you know there's a very doom and gloom when you hear about especially like fentanyl and things like that like okay you tried it once you're done you know like don't even the hope the hope is like drained out of that situation um with a lot of rhetoric you know so um... you can
2: get through it i mean it's it's recovery is hard and it's it's a messy it's not one size fits all everybody has to figure out what works for them and um you know some people will go one path some people go cold turkey and some people value aa meetings and some people don't want to do those for every person is totally different but i mean you you can beat it um i've seen people beat it you know as much as you can people who are in recovery will tell you that they're never out of recovery right mm-hmm. they're always in recovery um but you know it, it can happen and i'll make sure i can get you guys contacts you should get some people in here who, who can speak to their experiences because that's sure. you know Love luckily to. i am not somebody who has had to deal with that but but we all you know what everybody is in recovery for something i totally believe that like i i was born with really bad anxiety problems all through high school mm-hmm. all through college i had terrible anxiety and and worry D- didn't matter what i did and of course i developed all kinds of unhealthy coping mechanisms with it luckily with a nice support system i figured out like you know i kind of sorted through those but even you know every day i wake up and i i know what my triggers are and i can feel when i start mm-hmm. to get i start to freak out about stuff and um it's something that you know I've learned to deal with every day you know that doesn't mean that tomorrow I'm not going to freak out about something but hopefully <laughs> I will have you know I've over the years I've learned my coping mechanisms with my healthy coping mechanisms. not to compare that to somebody who's dealing with heroin or whatever but we all have our our stuff right right it's exactly. just that some of those stuffs are harder to kick
1: than others yeah. sure and 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 I think some people and I've been reading articles that talk about the social impact or, or influence into an addiction you know you probably grew up in a much better household than some people who uh-huh. might have these issues or have a better network of friends and family to kind of fall back on sure um, so they're you know and I feel lucky in the same way you know I I know I have family members who deal with addiction and have issues with it and in uh, people I've known over the years and I just feel lucky that I've not fallen into that you know right. that I've had there healthy coping me- yeah. mechanisms for the most part you know mm-hmm. um, I had my vices but yeah it's it's I, I feel thankful but also sad for the people who are in the throes of it uh, at the same time. So, you know, I just think that
2: if you work in social services, you you can't question who's using the services, and you can't question. Right how many services does somebody get to use? You know, there's been a lot of, con- there's lot, been some conversations, especially on terrible internet sites where trolls right. hang out. It's like, I think people should get Narcan three times. And after that, right. Oh, I heard like, that
0: recently. Oh, yeah. That's terrible. I mean,
2: you know, yeah. I can't, I can't convince somebody to be compassionate, <laughs> but I think that, um, we have these things in place for a reason. If you're an EMT, I doubt that they, you know, your job is to go help whoever calls 911. Your job is not to get a 911 call and say, well, do they deserve the help that they're getting? And I think that as a community, you, you just—I feel like it's an obligation to try and take care of the people who who need it. Now, not all of them are willing to accept that help, and that you know we have to we have to come to terms with that too. But um, we have to make the resources available, and we have to give them the means to utilize them. And after that, it's kind of out of our hands, you know.
1: Right, and it's not our job to judge. No, you and, can't force to, people to get help yeah. either. So right. you
2: have to make sure that the things are there when they need them mm-hmm. and to make sure that they know they're there and after that it's pretty much you know that's if we if we're doing that for everybody i think we're doing a decent job sure
1: absolutely I think
0: that's the human thing to do
1: i think so i think so too so so we're, we're nearing the end of our podcast um and i know that you mentioned porch Tracker is going to be an opportunity to see the beyonders and then you're taking a little hiatus mm-hmm. for the for the new, the new uh, yep. expected baby. Um, anything else you want to promote, or anything else coming up you'd like to talk about, or or well, draw the, attention to? The United Way's
2: night breakfast is happening on Thursday. I think it's the seventeenth mm-hmm. in the morning. It's bright and early. It's sold out, um, but I believe they are streaming it on Facebook Live. So if you want to see, we have a panel of people who are going to be taking questions about. The bold goals one of which is the opiate stuff so uh people can t- watch that i think it's just on the united ways facebook page of summit county okay um let's so check that out and you can listen to beyonders on Bandcamp, which is a website that people can people host music on so both of our records are on there for free uh if you want to download them it costs you five bucks but you know it's all going to a good cause which is uh us
1: yeah, absolutely Making another I mean, record. Though someone's got to help uh, help pay for those thousands of hours of practice, right? Or, or yes. at least at least, you know. You know, chip
2: we, in. Beyonders is a self-fulfilling hobby, so like a self-funding hobby, so we make enough money to keep putting records out. We just don't really take any for ourselves, but right. I, I'm happy with that. <laughs> you know, I, I think it would be hard to justify to my wife like being in a band that I was spending our money on. Right. The fact that we can make enough money off, you know, local gigs and stuff like that to keep making stuff i'm pretty happy with that so if you like it throw us five bucks because it'll, it'll yeah. help us
1: make another one that's not too much to ask for you know it's fifty. you know what you can really it. pay whatever you want so don't stop at five <laughs> all right so yeah check out the beyonders and thanks again dave for joining us today um shane do you have some events you want to talk about Well,
0: obviously i'm going to reiterate porch rocker since that's my jam it's in my neighborhood i'm on the porch rocker committee show up early do yoga stay late silent disco sounds weird but if you haven't tried you have to check that out at the end of the night it's a whole day gig um and then so i'll be doing that all day so the only other thing on my schedule is the solar eclipse on August 21st. Okay. You have to get you can go and get like glasses and watch the solar eclipse. And we were reminiscing recently that um, in 1994, which is when I graduated, that they played REM 107.9 played The End of the World as We Know It all for that. 24 right. hours. Yeah. Remember that? I remember yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool. So, hey, if they're listening, I I think they should do that again. I thought that was so amazing. Yeah,
1: that's that's a good song too. If you're mm-hmm. going to repeat a song, that's a pretty a pretty good one to yeah, repeat, that's fun. you know. Um, So there are a few things that I'd like to mention this week. On Friday uh, at the Exchange House in North Hill is gonna be kind of the uh, meet and greet for the North Akron Community Development Corporation, which I'm a a board member for. And it's gonna be a new neighborhood group that's gonna help a lot of refugee-owned businesses and a lot of uh, startup businesses uh, get their footing. We're gonna do beautification hopefully uh, an annual event there that's like a cultural festival. Um, Also on Friday, and that's 6 p.m. at the Exchange House. It's free. Uh, You can come out and have some cake and ice cream, celebrate the birth of the North Akron CDC. Also um, on Friday at 7 p.m. is a program called The Church's Role in Racial Justice uh, uh, with a gentleman who is a Native American, and he's going to talk about the Native American perspective and how... Um, you know, and, and give, give people a little context. And I think now's a good time to talk about that or or it's always a good time to discuss that first congregational church of Akron at 7 PM. And of course we've got porch rocker this weekend and beyond that. Yeah. I don't, I don't really have a lot.
0: I have one more that's very important that I almost forgot here. Um, there is a vigil for Charlottesville, um, on Wednesday, from eight to nine and if you go to facebook um the group is called showing up for racial justice if you'd like information about that i'll be there
1: great Mm -hmm. um i think i had something else but now i'm I'm Drawing a blank, so oh, next Tuesday is our 100th episode live. Woo-hoo! I thought this yeah. was the 100th. How can we forget? <laughs> you no, know I'm You're sorry, 99. Dude. <laughs> we're 99. I was getting a benchmark. <laughs> you are, I mean, it's, it's yeah. the only 99. Oh, this episode. is the last double
2: digit episode. That's yes. true, true, I'll that. take it, yes. I'll take whatever I can. Do. And right. <laughs> if you, you
0: you get a little button, you know, if you were on the show, you get a button that has your number on it. If, uh, if you come to the live show, you, come to a live so show. you get a button. Uh,
1: so, right. yeah, that's that's Tuesday the 22nd, 7 p.m. at Jilly's. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we're going to feature some local musicians. Shelly uh, – Shelby Olive Denton, I think is her name. She's a solo musician. And Eric Troy. I don't know if you know Eric Troy. <laughs> he's He's a cool guy. He actually – this guy records a lot of his backing tracks at home, and he he brings he's, kind of, he's a one man band, and he's a guitarist, and he's heavily influ- influenced by Prince and a, and a lot of soul music, and yeah, he's he puts on quite a show. So he's gonna mm-hmm. we're he's gonna play after our podcast. So we're gonna do a live recording of our podcast in front of an audience, a studio audience. So. Should be interesting, yeah. right, Shane?
0: No big deal. I'm not nervous. No big deal. Yeah, you shouldn't be <laughs> nervous. <laughs> no, it'll be fun.
1: So, so yeah. Um, thanks again, Dave, for coming on. Thanks for having we, me. We greatly appreciate the conversation, and I know there were some lighthearted aspects, but also some heavy mm-hmm. aspects. So, but it's good. And I mean, and thank you for all the work you do in the community. And I know Akron is is. Uh, grateful to you.
2: Hey, thanks for doing the podcast. I was i am am a I'm a, I'm a long-time listener, so Thank I'm happy you. To be oh, on I here. appreciate that. That's
0: awesome. I was right. like well, and yet
1: you still came. <laughs> well,
2: you know, I just hope people I hope it wasn't too like on my way here I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about this and this and this and then i have catch myself talking and I'm thinking, am I saying anything anybody actually wants to hear? I, I think, think so. Surprised. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's Send good me only
2: if you anybody emails you, send me only the nice emails. <laughs> I'll only the nice I don't emails. Don't want any of yes. the
1: bad stuff. We'll
0: absorb the bad stuff. Yeah,
1: we'll we'll take care of that. So All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And as always, keep it an Akron Akron Day. day.